0: Welcome to Sky Gems Academy Podcast. At Sky Gems Academy, our vision is to build a community of new generation leaders with strong core values, high level of self-awareness, high self-worth and passionate individuals who will give back to the community and the environment. We are focused on delivering high quality blended online learning of 21st century life skills delivered and taught online, practiced and perfected offline. Our philosophy is to inspire, educate, and nurture. We work towards inspiring and igniting sparks. We listen, we coach, we fine-tune, and accelerate the mastery of 21st century life skills for various age groups. Our blended learning programs are curated from the early years to above 60 years old, as we believe in providing high quality, lifelong learning for everyone. Sky Gems Academy Podcast Series 1 how COVID-19 transformed the education industry. We will take you inside the minds and behind the scenes of 40 exclusive leaders and educators in the education industry. We've interviewed 40 exclusive educators and leaders in the education industry worldwide, starting with China, where the pandemic initially started. You will hear from the leaders in the education industry, sharing candidly their views on the possible changes that will take place in the education industry post-COVID-19. Be sure to tune in to Sky Academy Podcast Series 1 to listen and learn from the amazing stories, experiences shared, challenges faced, and techniques used by educators in different cities and countries to adapt and overcome their challenges personally, as well as professionally in their respective roles in the education industry during the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, Let's dive into SkyGems Academy Podcast Series 1. Introducing to you our host, Alyssa. Hey guys, it's Alyssa. Hope
1: everyone is keeping well. Skyjams Academy Podcast is a passion project that my team and I kicked off in early 2020. As we are all facing the unprecedented events and experiences impacted by the COVID 19 pandemic, we find that there is an urgent need to unite the global community of educators and leaders to progress forward together. Our main objective is to create a platform for all global leaders and global communities to come together to document these historic moments for our future generations. Skyjams Academy podcast is a platform for everyone from all around the world to share, listen, learn, communicate, collaborate and come together to network and help one another to pull through this very challenging period that has impacted the global community. In each episode of Sky Gems Academy Podcast Series 1, How COVID-19 Transformed the Education Industry You will find yourself immersed and engaged in in in-depth discussions and thought leadership in various aspects of education, technology, humanity, diversity, disparity, and collaborations in the education space. We are very grateful and sincerely appreciate each and every one of you who has motivated us, encouraged us, Contributed in your own very special ways, especially our 40 exclusive guest speakers from all around the world. A big thank you to all and a big shout out to all of you. SkyJams Academy Podcast 28th speaker is John Nichols. John is the co-director of Bilingual European School in Milan, Lombardy, Italy. He has a master's degree in coaching and mentoring practice. And is a published author focusing on resilience and creating positive working environments. John has led coaching skills, facilitation training, and well-being workshops in over thirty countries. He has twenty-eight years' experience in education. During this time, he has been a primary and middle school teacher, primary head teacher, and leadership development advisor for the National College of School Leadership in the UK. He ran the award-winning Norfolk Wellbeing Programme, which not only worked to improve the subjective well-being of 28,000 staff, but also offered professional and personal support to over 400 school principals. In this role, he was also a consultant for the National Work-Life Support Organisation. After five years in this role, John moved to the International Baccalaureate in Geneva and then The Hague. He recruited and trained and managed the performance of over a thousand workshop leaders, school visitors and consultants. John also carried out PYP authorization and verification visits in Africa, Europe and Middle East, evaluated schools for BSO and North Anglia and is a lead improvement partner for COBIS, the Council of British International Schools. John shared a heartwarming activity that his school conducted during the COVID-19 pandemic in Milan, Lombardy. I quote and unquote John. We had 12 different stop-offs in Milan where the children and parents could come and just basically say hello and happy holidays and wave hello and goodbye to the teachers. The owner of the school was driving in front, came out and gave everyone a flag to wave would say hello to the children from a distance. There has been a big, big focus on what it means to be a human, what it means to have a good relationship with others. There has to be explicit skills taught around social-emotional skills, but they also need to be woven into everything else we do, said John. Now, I'm pleased to introduce you to and present to you to John Nichols.
2: Today, we have the honour and pleasure to have Mr. John Nichols, based in Milan, Lombardi, Italy, joining us in our very special episode of Sky Gems Podcast. Hi John, a very good morning to you, a warm welcome to Sky Gems Podcast.
3: Hi, thanks for, thanks for having me, it's uh, lovely to be here.
2: Thank you John. It would be nice uh, if you could share with our audience and listeners a little bit about yourself.
3: Absolutely. So I've been um, in the education industry for over three decades now. And um, wow. I've started off uh, in advertising, first of all, and then changed to become a teacher. And then I've uh, uh, worked in primary education, middle and high schools. Um, I've worked for the International Baccalaureate in The Hague and Geneva. I uh, worked for the North Anglia group of schools in uh, Hong Kong, uh, running leadership programs. And now I'm in a bilingual Italian. IB School in Milan as co director.
2: Thank you, John. Thank you for your wonderful introduction. Really appreciate your time and joining us all the way from Milan to share with us about your experiences, your vision, and also your encouragement for the listeners during this pandemic period. John, during this pandemic period of COVID 19 that hit us really all so suddenly, in 2020 and Italy, or especially in Lombardy, is a very badly hit location. We'd like to hear from you, how do you feel about the current COVID-19 pandemic situation that you're in?
3: Now, it's very interesting because the whole pandemic has been a range of different emotions, really. When we first had inkling that there was going to be a problem in Italy, uh, we were kind of thinking, oh, well, it's going to be something small, localised lockdown, won't be too bad. And then as the weeks went by and, and restrictions got more and more uh, strict and the situation got more scary, uh, obviously our emotions changed then as well. But um, now we're we come into a situation where we've been through uh, 14 weeks of virtual learning um, in the school and we're now preparing for the holidays. We're kind of quite hopeful now and quite proud of the way we've, we've handled it in terms of our resilience, in terms of our creativity. You know there's there's a quiet confidence now with, with all of us in the, in the school that even if things even if we have a second wave or whatever, that we can handle it, I think that's the main thing.
2: That's really um, very assuring to hear that the uh, confidence and calmness uh, within the uh, community to manage this uh, pandemic, even though it was really quite sad, even for me viewing from all the way from Singapore and also reading and listening is really emotionally tied to the situation that we all gone through and went through in Lombardy so i'm glad to hear that thank you for sharing that john during this period i'm sure there's some challenges that we all went through and also perhaps still going through would you be able to share with us some of the challenges that you faced during this period of time
3: absolutely so the first challenge was the personal dimension to this so mm-hmm. obviously we had children who were very concerned and and worried about the situation parents the same uh, and staff and you know we had some of our international teachers half our staff are international teachers some went back home to Canada and America uh, and to um, England
2: Mm -hmm.
3: some stayed and so that had a a different dynamic too there was the whole scale about the community being worried being panicked uh, needing reassurance which we did in, in a variety of ways We also found that because we then went very quickly onto a virtual um, learning platform, that we were buried under a a lot of demands from different uh, parts of the community. So teachers wanted certain things to do. Parents had a whole range of demands. Some wanted more online uh, lessons. Some wanted less. And the problem was is that, If you said yes to to everything, then, Mm. you know, our teachers and and children would be overwhelmed. So, and a lot of the time it was very well-meaning as well. So there were times when teachers would say, oh, I'm going to do this for a um, set of parents. But that meant that everyone would have to do it. So we had to say no to a lot of things, which as a creative and vibrant school, we tend to say yes to lots of things rather than no. So that was a big change. And, And one of the other challenges was... We are a bilingual school, but most of the students in the school are from Italian families. Mm-hmm. So what that meant is that a lot of those family members aren't that confident in English. So there was a very big concern from the uh, community that the English side of our um, learning, which is 50% of the learning, was suffering because there wasn't that support there. So those are some of the challenges.
2: Wow. Those challenges are real and um, I assume it's already being managed right now
3: or still Absolutely. ongoing. No, hmm. managed actually quite well. So. Fantastic.
2: That's really nice to hear. With the challenges that you faced earlier on and nicely uh, moving towards the resolution, would you be able to share what changes you make to adapt and how do you overcome them?
3: So what we did with uh, those things, so going back to um, yeah. the changes that we did, I mean, obviously we went online with the learning and what we did was that we had... A mix of, of synchronous and asynchronous activities. So that then helped in terms of screen time. It also helped in terms of giving it structure as well. So we did that. For our teachers in Canada and, and America, they taught in the afternoons rather than the morning because of the time differences. Yeah, yeah. So that, that worked quite well. In terms of the community itself, even before we went um, virtual, we had. Uh, We invited experts to the school to explain what the coronavirus was. And then as soon as we went to a virtual situation, when the situation started getting, looking scarier, Mm. we then gave, we have a a fantastic child um, study team. So, you know, kind of a support for our students with uh, psychologists. And they gave workshops to parents on how to talk to their children about the coronavirus. This was very early on. So, wow. And then we also gave opportunities for parents to have a, a workshop as well. So that the whole thing was about, you know, addressing those fears, giving people the right information and acknowledging the, um, the worry around it really as well. So we, we did that. In terms of the personal support, we reached out to our, to our teachers to make sure that they were supported and felt supported. We have a system of parent reps in our schools. So each class has two parent reps that we have regular meetings with. When we went online, we ended up having those meetings every week. So that way they could find out exactly what was happening and, and then sharing that information with parents and then feeding back what the worries were. So we had a very open uh, communication channel as well. And for the bilingual side of things, what we did, we actually brought in a um, teaching English as a foreign language um, uh, school from the UK who uh, offered one hour of conversational English every week to our, our students as well. What so So that was nice, actually. It was a really nice Mm. dynamic. It was a very different type of teaching style, but it also um, just gave a a novelty to it as well, really.
2: Exactly. That's very kind and uh, very thoughtful of you to make that happen. Well, thank you for sharing all that. And I really like the way you um, manage the whole situation and overcome those challenges by care. I think it's uh, the key that I get from it is really care and concern empathy and compassion that is uh, given to everyone in the community that you were working with by addressing their fear, by uh, taking care of their feelings, and by making sure that it's transparent and open communications throughout the period of time. And that is uh, really important and very thoughtful about bringing English teachers, teaching English as a foreign language. I think that's a nice add-on to the, uh, the whole program that you have there. Thank you, John, for sharing that. So John, uh, during this period, and I'm sure there's a lot of lessons we have all learned and still learning for some, what are the key lessons that you have learned and would you be able to share with us?
3: Yeah. so the, the lessons learned, the first one is that how you approach these things is, is so important. So mm-hmm. from the beginning, we had to be very clear about what we stood for as a school and to actually make sure that everything that we do goes through that filter so we are a school that is focused on self-motivated students who want to make a difference to the world Uh, we focus very strongly on working together and modeling that working together so when we had all the demands come from all all different parts of, of our community the first thing we did to say is that gonna fit with what we believe in as a school so i know that some schools found the transition to online learning quite easy in a way because the style of, of uh, delivery of lessons was basically just content-driven. And so it's quite easy to do that online. It's harder to actually have a creator, a virtual classroom where collaboration is, is still uh, valued, where the, the whole inquiry-based approach mm. isn't quite as easy online as in a classroom. So, you know, we had to make sure that all the decisions we made helped to make sure that we still had that ethos and that way of, of teaching. And then the humanity side of things and the community side of things is really important. We're a school of around 400, so we're not a small school, we're not a big school. We believe we are a family. And so, you know, as a family, and we treated it that way, you know, we address the fears of our parents and our teachers and our students because, because as a family, that's what you do. And the thing that summed it up more than anything else was that last week we we said we've come to the end of fourteen weeks of virtual online learning. Milan is beginning to relax its restrictions. So what the owner of the school did, um, and it was his idea, and it was a beautiful idea, was he hired a open top bus, you know the hop on hop off buses you see everywhere. Yes,
2: yes, more like a tourist tourist kind of a thing, right? We will go on it to uh, see the. London Bridge, for instance, or in Singapore, we go around the city to see what the tourist attractions look like.
3: Absolutely. He rented one of those and our teachers basically um, social distance, but they went on the top of the bus. (laughs) And then we had 12 different stop-offs in Milan where the children and parents could come and just basically say hello and uh, happy holidays and wave hello and goodbye to the teachers. Wow. So the owner of the school was driving in front, came out and gave everyone a flag to wave. And then basically we'd stop, we'd say hello to uh, the children from a distance, uh, they didn't get off the bus. And then we went on to the next place and it just felt so beautiful to have those connections. We had the teachers crying, parents crying, the children crying, lots of happiness and laughter as well. So that kind of summed it up in a way is the fact that, you know, it's the humanity of it that's most important.
2: Oh, that is so amazing and hearing it just the, like the way you said it gives me a, a real heartwarming feeling that this is just so so much love, right? So much love and care and you're right, so much emotions involved <laughs> and I myself was trying to cope with that as you speak and I was trying to imagine that the bus that you're all on, the 12 stops that you made with the flag passing around and all the wave that is going around and all the uh, smiles and laughter And also tears of joy, yeah, that went through. It's definitely a very emotional time for everyone. But it's a lovely idea. I love it. And I'm sure a lot of people love what you guys did. Thank you so much for sharing that, John. Thank you, John. John, in terms of education industry, where we are in, how did you think COVID-19 has changed the industry? And what are your views of the changes that may happen post-COVID-19?
3: I think one of the really big pieces of learning is the inequality in um, the school systems and i know that in italy particularly you know we were very proud of the way that we could within a day we'd we'd adapted to a virtual online way of learning but we had you know we had a one-to-one ipad program in the school you know we'd already been using a lot of the programs seesaw and google classrooms that you know um make this transition so easy but a lot of the italian schools There's no infrastructure for that. You know, the students don't have access to to computers or to iPads or whatever. And, you know, in the UK, there's been a lot of debate recently as well about a lot of students don't have access to internet. So what it has highlighted is the fact that there is an inequality there and that affects how schools can adapt to these sorts of crises. So I think that's the first thing. Second thing is that, You know often education is talked about as being valued and in certain parts of the world it's valued much more than others but actually the economic impact of schools not being available has been really really apparent you know and i think you know a lot of the discussion about getting the economy going globally is we must get the kids back into schools first Mm. so the contribution to of education to the whole economy i think has been reinforced which may help in terms of future funding for schools mm-hmm. but I think the biggest learning is around the fact that education isn't about getting content delivered it's actually a very human a very social emotional aspects of, of learning is so, so is so important and I think people realize as they were going online that, that dynamic of the classroom, that dynamic of the teacher-student relationship is vital. And mm. without it, l- learning becomes very impoverished. So I think that people are going to say that, um, you know, we still need to continue with the um, IT and, you know, developing that in much ways. But I also think people are going to be saying, actually, what we really need to focus on is social emotional health. And, you know, encouraging people to have those relationships. So in my view, what's going to happen in the education industry Mm -hmm. is there'll be a focus on infrastructure, but I also think there'll be a big, big focus on what it means to be human, what it means to have good relationships with others, those things.
2: Do you think the, um, the humanity part, the social, emotional health part, will translate into a programme or a subject on its own so that we can actually teach that in school? What do you think?
3: I think it needs to be both ways, actually. Mm. I think um, there needs to be that aspect to be seen as important. So I do think, you know, there needs to be um, direct skills there. But I also think that needs to be, like everything, I think it needs to be woven through other, other parts of the curriculum. You know, I mean, I'm, yeah. as I mentioned at the beginning, we are an inquiry-based school, you know. I, I used yeah. to work for the So... I believe in a transdisciplinary approach to learning. So the, you know, this, there has to be explicit skills taught around social emotional skills, but they also need to be woven through everything else that we do.
2: I get you, and I think that's uh, spot on there. There has to be interwoven in all the, um, the skills and also the, the way that the uh, whole curriculum is being developed. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your thoughts on that. Thank you, John. John, yeah. would there be a new normal for yourself? Would you be, be able to share with us your new normal, if this one?
3: Yes, we had um, a while back, we, before we really had clarity from the Italian government about what was going to happen in the schools. Mm-hmm. We wanted to focus the school community on the future rather than the, the present, when, you know, the scary yes, present. Yes. So we created a very grand document, which we call the Four Pillars. And basically what we did is we planned, and we're still planning, around hygiene, excellent curriculum, flexibility, and well-being. So those are the four areas that we focus on as we make the plans for the the new normal. So obviously the hygiene is is what we need to do to ensure the safety of of the students. Uh, Curriculum is making sure that any aspects that have been neglected because of the virtual aspect of our learning is readdressed and strengthened. That flexibility, because we're not quite sure what the new normal is going to look like. And then well-being, so having that as a really strong focus of the school. So we have about, um, we have plan A, plan B and plan C for, for all of those things. And we think those three plans will help the school, whether we go back to a virtual reality completely, whether we go back to having half the children there, or whether we go back to having everybody back in the school, so um, in terms of new and normal, our focus is on those four pillars.
2: Thank you for sharing very level of detail as your thought process and the execution of it. Thank you, John. Yeah. John, yeah. Now we come to a very important part of the podcast episode. We would like to hear from you your messages for the future
3: generations. And I think the the future generations will be in the same situation as as other generations. Every generation has its uh, joys and every generation has its uh, worries. And they just look in different ways uh, in in terms of the tools that are accessible to uh, to future generations, um, but also in terms of how people can address them. And I think my message is that if you can actually critically analyse issues, with compassion with calmness and with an open mind then these issues in the future can be solved in a much better way but i also feel that sometimes when we're looking into the future we always look in a worried way and i think what we need to do is we need to look at it from a joyful way the way that we look at the world you know looking at the window now i've got you know you can see beautiful trees You know, we've got a beautiful sky here today. You know, sometimes if we we focus too much on the problems, we forget that actually life is a joyful experience. And there's so much beauty in the world. So many lovely relationships, so many fascinating, fascinating things about our world and how it works that we need need to have that joyful wonder first and then get stuck into, into solving the problems.
2: Thank you, John. That's a lovely message to the future generations joyful wonder world. Stay calm and be open-minded. I love that. And um, I'm sure all of us will be able to uh, learn and also value add to our own lives by thinking this way and moving this direction. Thank you so much, John, for sharing. John, once again, a great pleasure and privilege to have you on Sky podcast episode for today. We sincerely appreciate your time and your sharing. Uh, We look forward to seeing you, hopefully in person in Italy, if not in Singapore one day. And I look forward to catching up with you real soon. Stay safe and stay
4: strong. Thank Thank you, John. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. We hope you enjoyed today's episode at Sky Gems Academy Podcast Series 1 on the topic of how COVID-19 transformed the education industry. If you enjoyed today's episode and you love the vision and mission of Sky Gems Academy, can you please help us to convince others to tune in to Sky Gems Academy podcast too? Please kindly subscribe to Sky Gems Academy podcast. Please also kindly leave a quick review and rate Sky Gems Academy podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast, Anchor.fm, Breaker and various Sky Gems Academy podcast channels. That would mean the world to us, so thank you so much for your support. Visit our website at www.skygemsacademy.com to find out more about our distinguished speakers and about Sky Gems Academy. We appreciate you and your continuous support. Thank you for tuning in to Sky Gems Academy podcast. High five and peace out!